Hi, I'm Pat. Welcome to Passion of the Geeks Unplugged. Usually, Greg and I talk about geek and pop culture and everything else we enjoy, but sometimes there are things that only one of us is an expert in. This is what Passion of the Geeks Unplugged is for. Shorter, slightly less edited, straight to the point. Unplugged. So, let's not lose any time. I love adventure games. Well, you might have noticed that, considering all my Unplugged episodes kind of revolved around that topic, and this one will too, but I promise to tackle another topic next time. <laughs> now, where was I? Ah, yes. Um, I love adventure games. No other genre of the late 80s and early 90s told stories quite as elegantly. It was the perfect mix of exploration, puzzle-solving and storytelling that always drew me into adventure games much more than any other genre at that time. But there is also one element that I loved that might not be immediately recognizable as part of a point-and-click adventure. Danger. In 1990, Lucasfilm released two games that changed point-and-click adventures forever. First, there was Loom, for which I have made a separate Unplugged episode. And then came The Secret of Monkey Island. What Lucasfilm had first introduced with Loom as an interactive story adventure for beginners, sort of like a very early version of a walking simulator, had now come to mainstream adventures. Lucasfilm's philosophy of adventure games. You could no longer lose the game. You couldn't die. In fact, you couldn't do anything wrong. And the world applauded. And I mean, with good reason, point-and-click adventures had become much less frustrating, as you never needed to fear losing what felt like hours of playtime because you died. This was seen as good game design. And really, it didn't make puzzles that much easier. Sure, mindlessly trying out things out until eventually something worked was getting easier. Because really, if it worked, it had to be essential to the game or it would not be possible, would it? So you could always be sure that you didn't maneuver yourself into a dead end. And honestly, dead ends aren't fun. That is true for any genre. But, and now we might get into slightly controversial territory, but by removing any chance of failing, does winning feel quite as sweet? Let's go back to Monkey Island 1 which is, in fact, one of my favorite adventures of all time. So, just that we are clear here. It even made a joke about dying and how this wasn't that kind of game. Now, actually, it made two jokes about dying and one you could actually get into a state where the game was over. Uh, but I guess until hearing about that, most players didn't even try it. The main character, Guybert Threepwood, experiences a great adventure. He's in sword fights, 
breaks into the governor's mansion, goes through a lava-filled labyrinth, sneaks on a ship full of ghost pirates and finally confronts the evil ghost pirate Lochak. But he is never in any real danger. You never fear for Guybrush. There is no point in the game where your heart begins to race, your blood pressure rises, your hands start to sweat. There is never anything at stake. It gets even worse when I look at a later LucasArts adventure, The Dig. Again, this is one of my favorites, so keep that in mind. In The Dig, you play the part of Boston Lowe, an astronaut stranded with two other astronauts on an alien planet. A wonderful, but certainly not very original scenario. Uh, there are some more original plot elements later, though. Uh, anyway, being stranded there, you get a sense of how beautiful and dangerous the place is. Uh, at least you get told how dangerous it is. But since you cannot die... You never experience it. They try to show the danger through your two companions, but it never feels preventable. Since nothing can go wrong, it always just feels like another plot element, which of course it is. But you never feel for poor old thirsty Boston Low. <laughs> yes, this is another plot element you just can't feel in the dig. You are told you need to hurry up, as there is no food and water. But since you cannot lose, you have all the time in the world. As I said, both The Dig and Monkey Island are two of my favorite adventure games. Would either of them have been improved if there would have been fail states? Hard to say. I think Monkey Island would not have gained anything by the way the story and the game is structured. But really, I think the dig would have benefited from a real sense of danger that lurks on an alien world. Speaking of alien worlds, let's take a look at Space Quest by Sierra. Now, you're in the other extreme. Sierra Adventures were famous for their numerous ways you could die, and a lot of people don't like Sierra games because of that. Well, it's not as bad as people seem to remember. You usually get enough of a warning if you carefully examine your surroundings. And honestly, I think a lot of flack comes from non-English speakers, because they didn't always understand what was going on. To them, I guess, a lot of deaths felt like they came out of nothing. Anyway, back to Space Quest. In part two, for example, the main protagonist, Roger Wilco, is also on an alien planet just like Boston Lowe. But arguably, his alien planet isn't quite as dead. And it is very, very dangerous. You can fall from a pit, sucked up and poisoned by an alien mushroom, stuck to a sticky tree and eaten by insects, ensnared by an alien root and devoured, drowned by a tentacle monster, or simply drowned because you dove underwater and didn't get back up quickly enough, fall down a chasm, lose 
balance on a log bridge, stabbed by a hunter, paralyzed by spores, eaten by a monster, climb too far down a rope so Roger loses his grip, or jump from the swinging rope at the wrong time so you don't jump far enough, killed in the dark by a photophobic animal, shot by some guard, killed by some other monsters or animals, and even if you manage to get off the damn planet, you still can crash the shuttle you stole. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> Actually, it's not that bad. Deaths always have their own kind of reward. They are, well, fun. They usually come with a great little animation and some hilarious description. Quite often you go like, Ooh, ah, that's gotta hurt. And more often than not, it's a laugh. But the main thing is, you start to bond with the character you play. Getting him through all these dangers gives you a sense of how dangerous the situations are in which Roger and, in extension, you are in. You're not just told that the world is unsafe, treacherous and deadly. You experience it. A couple of episodes ago, I talked about the Colonel's Bequest and how it manages to make you feel more invested because you could be the next murder victim. You hide in secret passageways and watch people, and once you notice someone dropped an item in one of these passages, you don't even feel safe there. Sure, you start to save regularly and in different save games because you never know you did something wrong. And for some people, this becomes an obsession. They just don't want to lose any progress. But honestly, adventure games back then were not that long. You never lost hours of playtime, even if sometimes it felt that way. So a sudden death could have the same effect as getting a game over in, say, an action game. But since you probably saved a couple of minutes before, you never lose that much. And more often than not, you just have to repeat what you discovered before and don't lose more than 10 minutes or so. By the way, there is also a lot of fun to be gained from trying out things and getting fun results. And they are even funnier when they end up in your character's death. You know, personally, I think a lot of adventure creators should have implemented some more death statistics and show you the different unique ways you have died. I would have been fun. And, well, autosaves. <laughs> Luckily, ScamVM, that plays a lot of modern adventure games, including all Sierra adventures, autosaves every 10 minutes. So, that's that. Eventually, even Sierra stopped having deaths in their adventures. I guess this is what the players wanted. But nowadays, now that a lot of people that were fans back then create their own point-and-click adventures. There are some who have implemented deaths again. Maybe people like their games also to be losable. There are certainly examples of both scenarios. Games where deaths were mostly part of bad game design and games that were enhanced by including an element of danger and possible death. What do you think? Do deaths add to an adventure game? Or has the genre become better by removing them? 
Finally, I highly suggest to go on YouTube and watch some compilations of deaths for an adventure game. It's a lot of fun. Or even better, play the game yourself and experience just how it feels to be mortal. And then kill your character any way you can. Just be sure to follow Allo's advice. Save early, save often. So, this is it for this week. If you like Passion of the Geeks, a rating or a subscription in your favorite podcatcher would be awesome. We're on all major podcasting services and on www.passionofthegeeks.com and on YouTube. You can send questions and suggestions to passionofthegeeks at gmail.com and you can find us on Twitter at passionotgeeks. So, thank you for listening and take care. Music